Tiger. Nothing personal. Word of the day. Today's February 24th, 2021. The word of the day is Tiger, obviously, as in Tiger Woods. If you've been under a rock, you are not aware of what happened yesterday morning. But my guess is you were not under a rock, which is the entire point of the beginning of the show today. Tiger Woods was in a horrific one-car accident yesterday in California, driving to do a photo shoot for some golf tournament in California. He had played golf or had been with Dwayne Wade and David Spade and yada, yada, yada. He had a horrific one-car accident. And how do we know about this? Because all of a sudden, our phones start going off. We opt into these notifications. Allow notifications? Don't allow notifications. Breaking news from every source you can think of that Tiger Woods has been involved in a car accident. And everybody's first thought, whether you want to admit it or not, is, uh-oh, what time of day was it? Was he on drugs? Was he drunk? Not, is he okay? The first question that you're asking is, what happened? What was his state of mind? Then all of a sudden, word comes out, it could be critical. Jaws of life were used to get him out. That came out pretty fast. Then it turns out it wasn't the jaws of life. More breaking news, live coverage, a picture of a mangled SUV. And then the statements start coming out from his agent. But what I want to talk about is the role that the media plays and the role that we play, we meaning the consumers of the apps, of the stations, the role that you play as a fan of sports and business, and try to understand, and this is what I was thinking about all day, once I knew that Tiger was going to survive, thank God, once I knew that his injuries were to his legs and not his brain, and that his legs can hopefully recover, once I started paying attention to the different channels, I started to think to myself. I got a call from CBS Sports, need you to talk about Tiger Woods, and I said, well, I, I don't know Tiger Woods. I've never met Tiger Woods. Went on another channel. It was seven hours of straight coverage. CNN, MSNBC, every channel you could think of, no matter your political affiliation, was all Tiger all the time live. What happens when there's breaking news is you've got booking producers, bookers that are called. They need to get guests. They need to fill airtime. They've got to go live because when you get an alert on your phone that there's breaking news, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to click on that alert and go right to the source. If you get an alert from the New York Post, you click it, you get to an article. You get an alert from CBS Sports, you click it, you get to CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports HQ. You get an alert from ESPN, you click it, you get to Live ESPN. So if you're going to send out a breaking news alert, you've got to follow it up with live coverage. And when people get those alerts in general, they're going to click over either after their phone call, maybe after their meeting, as soon as they can, sometimes right then and there. So you've got to be live because there's nothing more off-putting than when you get a breaking news alert, you click to go to a live sports channel or business network, and you are hearing about something completely different. Oh, yeah, I missed it. When there's breaking news, you don't want to miss it. So you send out the notification. People tune into your network. Then you've got to get people to talk about the issue. And you've got to make it so people want to continue to be tuned in because you're being measured. 
every minute you spend watching live breaking news coverage, you're being measured, you're being monetized. So the coverage comes and they talk about the road. They talk about the speed of the car. No skid marks, no impairment, first word, but it's early. We don't know for sure. Serious, critical, but not life-threatening, we find out. Little nuggets are being released minute after minute. Then you bring on guests. What's your experience with drugs? Needed post-surgery, people were asked, thinking that maybe because of his five back surgeries, he was doing drugs the way he was when he was pulled over for DUI in Florida those years ago. Tell me, what is the impact on the world of golf? Tell me. Do you think that Tiger can be back in time to play the Masters in April? Where was he going? Where had he been? Who was he going to be with? Who was he with? Do his kids know? Let's pray. Everyone has to come out and tweet. Prayers up. Prayers for Tiger. My issue with all of this is not about Tiger Woods, actually. It's not about praying for Tiger Woods. It's a nice thing to pray for. By the way, side note, no seatbelt, death. He was wearing a seatbelt that likely saved his life. I don't understand who doesn't wear seatbelts anymore. Isn't that the first thing you do when you get in a car? I don't think people should be congratulated for wearing a seatbelt. You wear a seatbelt in a car, period. It's like putting on a glove to take a pot out of the oven. You don't get congratulated when you do that. If you don't do it, you burn your hand and that may be it for your hand. So you wear a glove. Congratulations, wear a seatbelt. But you got to have breaking news. You got to talk about something. Without a seatbelt, it would have been a fatal crash. Headline, Tiger Woods avoids fatal crash. Headline, Tiger Woods in horrible crash. Then you can add SUV once they find out it's an SUV. Then you can say, no skid marks, great speed. We're the ones responsible for this. Because the way the business model works is that everyone and every network is counting on you tuning in and you not tuning out no matter what live breaking news coverage is the, the currency today. It's not Bitcoin. It's not GameStop. It's not Top Shot. The currency today is breaking news. It's why everything becomes breaking news. And there's going to become a point where we're inundated with breaking news so much. After the election, CNN went with a breaking news footer, I think for a week. By definition, that's just news. You're going to get so many breaking news alerts and notifications that at some point you're going to shut them off and you're going to lose your mind. And then we will have gone too far. Every network will have gone too far. We got the sheriff talking live 7 p.m. You think that's not a made for TV event? Of course it was. It was 6 p.m., by the way. You think that's not a made-for-TV event for the news? Of course it is. So the sheriff's department comes up. They do a press conference. They answer a bunch of questions. Worldwide interest. What's our interest, our voyeuristic interest in Tiger Woods? Is it the comeback story? We love that. We love when people are super high, then they're super low, and then they're super high again. Was this another low that we could ride the wave down the low? We don't want him to die, of course. 
but is he hurt enough, but he'll come back and then we can have another comeback story to PGA major, maybe even the masters. So we're watching the sheriff's department and the LA County Sheriff people fighting over themselves. Who's going to be the spokesperson, which department's going to handle it. We had a deputy on the scene. Then we had the fire department come first responders. We're seeing the car from all angles. We're bringing in people who may have known him. Can you imagine that Rachel uh, Uchtel? I'm sorry. The former love interest of Tiger Woods back in, if you watch the documentary Tiger, which you should watch. I don't know what channel it's on. I think it's on HBO. In any case, they're going to her for a comment. And she says, this is a really hard time for me. What? Why is it a hard time for you? We need to be thinking about Tiger and his kids and his family. The reason we're hearing from her is we need column inches and we need minutes live on breaking news because we're going to keep sending out the alerts. Then we're going to double down on the alerts to give you an update on the alerts that we previously sent you. And once you get those alerts, you're going to click again, except we hope you never left the site because you've just kept it on in the background waiting for the next update. It's like waiting for something bad, bad news. Do we have a report? Anybody have a report on the condition? Let's go with that. Anybody. We're looking for a report. We need someone ready right now. Let's find a surgeon. Okay, we know that there's surgery on the legs. Let's find someone who's done the same surgery and see if we can speculate how long he's going to be out. Every network. This is not CBS. This is not ESPN. Every network. Let's get someone to say they just played golf with Tiger and got a lesson from him three days ago. How is he feeling? Wait, let's look at the interview we did. God, was he stoned during that interview? Is it possible he was stoned during the interview the day before and he was still stoned the morning of the crash? Well, as someone who's gotten stoned, I can tell you, nope. Unless he just had a bake-a-thon, a Cheech and Chong-a-thon. But let's talk about that, the impact of THC on the possible driving of a car. There was more speculation than people were doing in the stock market a few weeks ago. Anyone remember that story? And now everyone is really focused on this thing I mentioned, Top Shot, to you. Do you know that you can buy a digital highlight? Side note, you can buy shares in a digital highlight. You want to own a LeBron, Jam, LeBron James slam dunk? You can buy like a share of it. You can't look at it in your bedroom. You can't show it to your friends. It's sort of like a share of stock. New way of investing, I guess. It just sort of strikes me as quite interesting. And I, I Coke is pissed right now, and I want to give him credit because he's upset that I just got side, sidetracked, and I shouldn't have gotten sidetracked because I'm trying to make a serious point about the media and the role the media plays and the fact that we enable the media to do it because of our insatiable need to get information with reckless disregard toward its truth. We just want something, anything that we can then text our friends, anything that we can say, wow, can you believe this is happening and that's happening? And what that's led to is networks and media people and those on Twitter to give you information when they don't know for sure it's true. Tiger Woods was removed by the jaws of life. When you hear jaws of life, you assume that someone could be dead. And then LA County comes out and says it wasn't the jaws of life. They broke the windshield but it doesn't matter. You can be true later. Just be fast now. And don't think you don't have responsibility and don't think I don't have responsibility. We do. 
So what do we do now? How do we handle? Can you imagine Mark Steinberg, the agent for Tiger Woods, had to do a statement and he does a statement thanking everyone for their prayers and outreach and well wishes, asking for privacy. While he's in surgery, this is going on, might I add. Talking about the injuries, we then get a statement from Tiger Woods himself at 1.30 in the morning, written, I assume not by Tiger Woods himself, talking about the rods and the pins and the compound fractures. What a compound fracture means, that's when the bone goes through the skin. You see it in football, sometimes in basketball. The statement was thanking everyone again. And I kept thinking while reading it is that I was hugely interested in hearing from him and his camp because this was the one time where there wasn't going to be spin. This is the one time where a statement from a celebrity or a sports figure or someone in the media, this was not an apology tweet. This was not an apology statement. This was a factual informational statement that in my opinion was done to try to quash the inaccuracies that were flown and flung around all yesterday. Do you think for one minute that if Tiger Woods didn't have the past that he had, that it would have gotten this level of attention? What if it had been a, what's an example, Coke, of something where you can break your leg? It's funny, in baseball, we have injuries where we say it's one injury, but it's really a different injury, where he would have broken his leg falling on the ice, and he's in surgery. Tiger Woods breaks leg by falling on ice. In surgery, we'll have an update later. Are people breaking in for four hours on that issue? That's a crawl on the bottom of your screen. Maybe they'll do it at an update, maybe on SportsCenter, maybe at top of the show for all the different networks. The reason why this got this amount of attention yesterday, you know it and I know it, it's because of what happened in his past. Can you live with that? That that's how we decide what's newsworthy and what's not today based on what happened yesterday? Does that make sense? Is that giving someone the benefit of any doubt? Does Tiger Woods deserve the benefit of a doubt? Does he deserve? He does. Everybody does. So cut to now what his present is. His present is a long period of rehab. It'll be off the front page. There'll be updates now for sure. When he gets out of the hospital, there'll be cameras and helicopters. They'll try to keep him in the hospital as short as time as possible. They'll set his legs and his ankles, and he will then start doing rehab unless he's in a cast, whatever the speculation is. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I'd ever put rods, pins, never had rods or pins. But there'll be a lot of interest, and then it'll taper off until the next story, until the next breaking news, until the next reason for you to click onto your channel of choice and watch the news as it unfolds. What's Tiger Woods' future? I think it's pretty clear. He's going to want to play golf again because it will be another great comeback story from a horrific injury that was just plain bad luck. I got to wait to see on this Coke, actually. People don't know whether or not he'll play again. Obviously, you need your legs. He's had five back surgeries. My official wait to see is Tiger Woods, even at 45 years old, has the level of drive that you do not often see, the level of drive to be great. Tiger's PGA career is not over. He will play in another tournament. That is a wait to see, Coca. Let's book it. Let's book it right now. I'd like to say he'll win another major, but I don't think he was going to win another major absent any injuries to his legs or back. 
It's just at 45, Father Time is going to win the match. Father Time will win the match. But Tiger Woods will find a way to play again, and I want him to play again. I want him to continue to be redeemed. I want him to have a chance, and I want him to be able to recover in peace. Good luck, Tiger. I'm glad you're okay. Michael Conforto is a baseball player for the Mets making $12 million in his last year before arbitration. Did you know that? Ever heard of Michael Conforto? The savior of the Mets. The great outfielder. Hits like 30 home runs a year. He wants a new contract. He's got an agent named Scott Boris. No long-term deal has been offered. The Mets fans are crying out for a long-term deal for both Lindor and Conforto, trying to become Machado and Tatis, thinking you've got to give Conforto $250 million, got to give Lindor $300 million. We're going to compete with the Padres. We're going to surpass the, the Atlanta Braves, who have Albies and Acuna. Forget the Nationals. All they have is Soto and Scherzer and Corbin and Strasburg and Turner. But we've got Conforto and we've got Lindor. What about Alonzo? Papa Bear. Is he Papa Bear, Coca? He's got a nickname. Maybe it's the Big Bear, but that's Marcelo Zuna. Anyway, I think he's got some sort of nickname, something. Polar Bear. Thank you, Coca. So Michael Conforto did something yesterday that got my attention, and now it's got yours. Here's how things work in baseball when you're going into a collective bargaining agreement year. Remember, the collective bargaining agreement expires at the end of 2021. The Players Union has an executive director, Tony Clark. It brought in Bruce Mayer to fight with the players, uh, to fight with the owners. And then it's got an executive council made up of players. We told you on nothing personal. The majority of those players are Scott Boris clients from Garrett Cole on down. The way players have done bargaining historically is when they've got something to say and owners do it too, they find someone to say it who fans will listen to where sympathy will be on the side of the player. Owners do the same thing. They'll choose a specific owner to be a mouthpiece for the ownership positions. They'll choose a certain way to disseminate that information. Do you remember when the owners had Arizona submit a letter that they should delay spring training by a month and then they got caught and then they backtracked and said they didn't have anything to do with it when in fact, of course, they did have something to do with it. They never admit, no no site ever admits that they are behind the dissemination of information. Michael Conforto can't really hide the fact that his agent is Scott Boris and that Scott Boris is one of the agents, as you definitely know from Nothing Personal, whether you are new to Nothing Personal or not, Scott Boris is pulling a lot of strings with the union. He is the puppeteer. He's got his hand up Oscar the Grouch's tuchus. And he uses various players at various times to say various things. And they are all purposeful. I'll give Scott Boris credit on one thing. When he wants to get you a message to get you to support players, he knows how to do it. Michael Conforto gave an interview and he said, the primary issue for me is competition. I wonder where he heard that before. We want this to be a competitive league. 
We want all 30 teams trying to win. I guess there's no perfect league out there, but we can make it better. We can do things to incentivize winning and not incentivize losing. Does that sound familiar to anybody, folks? That is Scott Boris's mantra. Why does Scott Boris want 30 teams trying to win? Anybody? Raise a hand if you're sure. Raise it. Because if 30 teams are trying to win, 30 teams will be competing for all of Boris's free agents. It's simple. It's not brain surgery. Tanking is the single worst thing for Scott Boris. When tanking teams succeed, it drives him to insanity. You can't break a team down, turn around and win. Don't be the Cubs who did it, the Astros who did it. You certainly can't be the Rays who have a low payroll. You've got to be a team that keeps a high payroll at all times, trying to win at all times. Do it. Sign my players. Conforto then went on. Talked about arbitration, how unfair it is that players aren't being paid when they're young. Talked about all the great players still out there in free agency. What are you talking about, Scott? I'm sorry, Michael? The all-free agent team that has Cespedes on it? Jake Odorizzi? Jake Odorizzi is a free agent because he wants money as though he's a number two starter. The reason players aren't signed right now, Scott, is that you have given them an unrealistic view of what they are worth in today's market on today's teams. Conforto continues to talk about Pete Alonso and Juan Soto and the number of guys who have been playing at a bargain price early in their careers. That's got to be changed. We've got to make it so nobody ever gets a deal other than the players. We've got to make it so there's no way that any player can ever outperform his contract. Well, I had a suggestion when I was in baseball that you didn't like. Michael, Scott, none of you. I want you to be a free agent every single year. You've been in the league for a day. Congratulations, you're a free agent. You played 30 games, forget arbitration. You're a free agent. You've been in the league three years, no problem. Arbitration, forget about it. I don't want to go into a room and talk about how bad you are and how little you should be paid. You're a free agent. Way to go. You know what the players said when I suggested that? Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't do that. Do you know why you can't be a free agent every year? Because, row, you've got to perform every year. The players want their cake and they want to eat it too. And guess what? So do the owners. When two parties to a negotiation want that same cake and they both want to eat it, you better start eating it from opposite sides and you stop negotiating when your lips lock. How's that for a visual early on a Thursday morning? Oh, wait, it's today, Thursday. Coco, what is today? I think it's Thursday, February 24th. And uh, today is Wednesday. Pizza Wednesday. Coco eats pizza every Wednesday. Takes a picture of it and sends it to me. I wonder if he's doing it again today. Not anymore, he says. He's, uh, he, Coca did something outstanding, by the way. Can I do a side note here about you, Coca? Am I allowed to do that or not? He says no. But guess what? I've got the microphone. Mute me. Just cut me off. Hello? Am I there? That's the problem with a producer like Coco, who's so good at what he does, that he could literally, I could be talking to no one right now. Anyway, he got a personal trainer, and the trainer's making him take a picture of everything he eats. 
And so literally everything, if it's a ding dong, take a picture, slice a pizza picture. You want to talk about guilt, shame, eating. When you've got to send a photo and you have to send an emoji next to it with your hands up in the air, shrugging your shoulders because you wanted a damn slice of za. Pizza Wednesday was one of his great pleasures. Coca, have a slice. Just have one and not four. That's my side note for Coca and Pizza Wednesday. So on this random Wednesday, I want you to think about what's coming in baseball. I want you to think every time you see a player talk, why is the player saying what he's saying? What is the motivation for that player to say it? Every time you hear an owner talk, think the same thing. Every single time. Because it is all strategic. It's all planned. You can tell when something's done off the cuff because then you're fired. And then you're fined. When owners talked, you know, here's a little side owner note. Bud Selig, during negotiations for collective bargaining, would walk into an owner's meeting and say to all of us, if I see one of you talking in public, I've got the right to fine you. If I see any of you trying to get together and form a small market blocking caucus, or a big market blocking caucus, and you're trying to talk in the court of public opinion, I'm going to fine you. And then all of a sudden, you see an owner talking, not getting fined, and you say, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. That's the owner the commissioner's office has worked with to say, you're going to be the one. You're sort of liked. You look like a teddy bear. Go back to the last collective bargaining agreement. See if you can Google Ron Fowler. Ron Fowler is the guy who used to run the San Diego Padres. And he gave up control to Peter Seidler, but they're the co-owners of the Padres. Ron Fowler was on this very, very um, sought-after committee called the Negotiating Committee. The Collective Bargaining Labor Committee is basically what it is. They're the ones who go to the negotiations with Tony Clark and the player representatives. They're the ones who help figure out which owners care about which issues, how the votes are going to go. That's how labor agreements actually happen is the commissioner's office calls all 30 teams. What issue do you care about? What issue do you care about? What would make it so you will vote against the following part of the following collective bargaining agreement? And once you get to 23, you stop making calls because you don't care if seven people don't like it because you need 23 votes to pass a collective bargaining agreement and the provisions therein of knowing that one third of the owners won't read the agreement to begin with. Guaranteed, take the over if you're presented an over under on that. Two thirds of players won't read the collective bargaining agreement. Take the over on that as well. So there's fines if you speak out of turn. But then some owners speak. Ron Fowler was speaking all the time. Dick Monfort of the Rockies would talk. I don't think he's going to get to talk anymore, but he'd have an opportunity to say a few words. And it was always the talking points that we went over in owners' meetings and in the small committees talking about things that we wanted to make sure that the player side knew were non-starters, even though we knew they weren't non-starters. We had to say they were non-starters because it's all negotiation. So keep calm when you're seeing all of this happen during the next six to eight to 12 months. Please keep calm and breathe. I'm supposed to say we'll be right back, but before we go to break, I got to tell you about this new app that I'm pretty excited about. It's called Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, Plus. I got to start again, Coca. I can't mess this up. Ready? Five, 69, 76. Before we go to break, I got to talk about this new app this new streaming service called Paramount Plus. 
I want to let you all know about it because you've seen the commercials during the Super Bowl. Remember the CBS commercials? These guys were climbing the mountain. You had Jeff Probst and the guy from uh, uh, Star Trek, the bald guy from Star Trek. You had James Corden, the guy nominated for prom who hosts the late night talk show. You had Jeff Probst, the host of Survivor. They're climbing this mountain. Get it? The Paramount Mountain. You've watched t- movies that at the end, Paramount with the stars around it, and it looks like Mount Everest, but it's some other mountain. Well, it's called Paramount Plus. It's live sports. It's breaking news. It's a mountain of entertainment. Get it? It's a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. You can stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible. Wait, is that Mission Impossible 1 through 7 or just 1? New episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek, Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this. It's where you can dive into live sports from us here at CBS Sports. Better get these reads in quick. Including the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, and Champions League Soccer. Plus, you can stream hit shows from CBS. And they own other networks. You know what they own, right? Viacom, CBS. You know they also own Nickelodeon because what they did at the football game. Did you know they own the Smithsonian Channel? Did you know they owned Comedy Central? You can get them all. Live sports, breaking news. Ha ha, breaking news. Listen to the beginning of the show. And a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus streaming starting March 4th. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. <laughs> Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson, and I'm in deep doo-doo right now. I did not do that read the way Coco wanted me to do it. People at CBS are going to be upset. They wanted me to make sure that I was very serious when I read about Paramount Plus starting streaming on March 4th. And they wanted to make sure that everyone knew how great Paramount Plus was going to be. But did they also want me to mention that we may be starting on Clubhouse tomorrow night? We're going to have a room. Can we say that? Anyway, we watch a movie every day, every single day. We're going to see all the nominated movies for Golden Globes. we got the Oscar nominations coming out next month. The Oscars coming in April. Can't wait. Favorite time of year. All these movies are coming out streaming. 
a movie I'd never heard of was announced as a Golden Globe nominee. It was called Music, and it was starring Kate Hudson, who I've loved from the moment Almost Famous came out. Kate Hudson stars, along with Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton, and a newcomer named Maddie Ziegler, who I'd never heard of, directed and co-written by someone who I'd only heard of because of Survivor, and her name is Sia. Sia loves Survivor. Sia would give 100 grand randomly to a Survivor player. I don't understand why she didn't give to the first boot of season 28, which, by the way, you can watch on Paramount+. And you may see a familiar face. So Sia got into the movie business, and she directed a movie called Music. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't read about it. All I know is I was told that on Rotten Tomatoes and on some other ranking system, it had the lowest ranking like ever, like a 3.2 out of 10 with the 7% Rotten Tomato, just absolute horse manure. But Kate Hudson was nominated for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, and it was nominated for Best Picture, Musical or Comedy. I'm going to watch it. It is about Maddie Ziegler, and she's got autism, and oy, it is a cringer. The reason why it's a cringer is that people who have autism don't necessarily act the way Maddie Ziegler acted. There's much more to them. There's a wide spectrum. That's why it's called the autism spectrum. You may know Maddie Ziegler. She became famous on Dance Moms and from Bean and C's videos. That's why she was cast. And she was simply phenomenal. She plays a character who has autism, who is basically orphaned because no one wants to take care of her because she's too much trouble, which is a bad sort of look to begin with. And the only way that you see her communicating is through music. And every once in a while, the movie turns into a music video directed by Sia. Sia, by the way, makes an appearance. And you know what, folks? I was all in. I don't agree with how they treated her as an autistic person. Although those same people don't agree the way Dustin Hoffman was treated in Rain Man. And I disagree with that. But apparently you do not restrain people who are having autistic issues, violent sort of episodes, you have to let them play out and you give them a safe space. But in this movie, she was restrained several times. Maddie Ziegler was, her character was. Kate Hudson plays a character who didn't know how to take care of her as her sister. Leslie Odom plays a, a character who's too good to be true, a neighbor, along with Hector Alonzo, the uh, concierge from Pretty Woman. I'm not sure that's how Hector Alonzo is known, but that's how he's known to me. The movie is strange. The movie is interesting. If you can just suspend disbelief, forget about all the people calling for Sia's head for how she treated autistic people and just look at it as a piece of art and be okay with how unlikely it is that in the middle of the day, all of a sudden there's a music video that breaks out that is so psychedelic that you almost feel like you ought to be doing things that are psychedelic. It's called Music, directed by Sia. It's worth your time. And it's nominated, so you got to watch it anyway. One thing that I like doing on Nothing Personal that Coke and I are very careful about and clear with is that you know we do 45 minutes. You know we're not edited. Even when I say, Coke, edit that out, 4, 69, 68, that's in the show always because you always hear it. I don't like editing because I want you to see 
my warts, my pimples. I want you to see that sometimes when you're talking for 45 minutes, you're going to say things wrong. You're going to do things wrong. You're going to not look at the camera. You're going to not talk into the microphone. There's going to be audio issues. Just this is what it is. This is nothing personal. We were talking about Mike Trout yesterday, and I told you that Brad Penny has a better postseason career than Mike Trout. That's not being corrected because it's true. What is corrected, as I said, Mike Trout had no postseason RBIs and Brad Penny had two. Sorry, Mike Trout is one for 12 in the postseason career, and that one hit was a home run. Therefore, he's got an RBI. I was wrong. I had the stat wrong. I don't understand why people don't do corrections. What's wrong with that? I was wrong. I'm moving on. I'm covering Kevin Mather again, day three. Erstwhile present to the Seattle Mariners. I want to give you a different take, a different angle of this story right now, if you do not mind. When you've got a situation that happens with your team, and I've told you what bothers me is when a starting pitcher gets shelled and then disappears and won't meet the media after a game. What bothers me is when a position player is late or gets suspended and then does steroids or whatever, and then we've got to meet the media to explain it. I was bothered by that for a long time in my career. And I didn't realize and think about it and talk about it enough that what happened with Kevin Mather, the president of these of the Mariners who got let go because of an, a speech he gave on February 5th, where he talked about service time manipulation, which got raised the ire of the union and raised the ire of Major League Baseball because it's true. Then he talked about his distaste or dislike of hiring an interpreter for a Japanese player and paying him and disappointed that one of his prospects doesn't speak English well enough. It was just a dumpster fire of an interview and he's fired. Um, we're moving on. The media was able to get into the Mariners complex. And remember I told you that Ichiro was going to be approached, that everybody's going to have to talk about it. But I, I wanted to think it through more. So I was thinking it through more last night as I was reading about Jerry DePoto, their GM, and Scott Service, their manager, and reading their quotes. And it brought me back to my career being the president of a team, where often I was the one who would meet the media and do the explaining. And that was my job, being public and front-facing. But it is very frustrating when you're a GM, when you've got to talk about things that are a total distraction that have nothing to do with the product on the field. And that's what Jerry DePoto and Scott Service had to do all day yesterday. So Jerry DePoto came out and he actually was pretty honest. And he said he's embarrassed. And the reason he's embarrassed is that what players tend to do, the less, I would say, not a, not a majority of players, many players lump everyone in the front office together. There's very much an us versus them philosophy, locker room versus front office. Those are bad people trying to, pay you as little as possible. Those are people who are trying to stifle your career. It's a pretty popular feeling amongst players. Who's the spy in the clubhouse who's telling the front office things that are going on? Who's the mole? So Jerry DePoto doesn't want to be lopped in with Kevin Mather. Scott Service doesn't want to be locked in with Kevin Mather, and they had to go around to players and apologize. I told you on yesterday's show I wanted to see John Stanton there doing it. Instead, it was left to the president, uh, to the GM, and to the manager. 
it's not a great position to be in. You have to walk into your own clubhouse, trying to get ready for a season, trying to break a playoff list streak that is the longest in baseball, trying to do it with a team that you know is not going to be good, but you're trying to convince them and yourself and your fan base that it's going to be good. And then you're stuck with this on the day of the first full squad workout. It's literally a nightmare for an executive to have to do what he did. But that wasn't all that happened. Do you remember the conversation we had about Michael Conforto before the break? I think you do because you're still there. And thank you, by the way, for being here and still downloading, subscribing, and all the things you do for Nothing Personal. I told you that players talk about labor issues. Guess what Garrett Cole, who, by the way, you know who his agent is, Aaron Judge, he doesn't have Boris as an agent. They had a couple things to say about what happened in Seattle, what happened with Kevin, except they weren't focused on the interpreter. They weren't focused on the lack of English purportedly spoken by a prospect incorrectly. They were focused on, surprise, surprise, Kyle Seeger being overpaid. Nope, they weren't focused on that either. They were focused on service time manipulation. That has been the cause of the greatest issue amongst baseball players and amongst MLB owners and commissioners. The worst kept secret in baseball has somehow all of a sudden come to light when it's something that everyone knew had existed. So Garrett Cole takes the opportunity as a highly paid player, to say the least, $336 million from the Yankees, to say that it is absolutely outrageous that front offices will come out and say that this is what they're doing and even more outrageous that this is what they do. You've got to have your best players on the field, on the roster. Look at how great the San Diego Padres are bringing up Tatis. Look at how great the Mets are by bringing up Pete Alonso to start the season. That's the example you want. You don't want to hold down Kelnick, the prospect, and hold him till April. In baseball, we've got to have our best players on the field at all times. Kevin Mathers said during the COVID pandemic, we were not going to bring up our top prospects and start the clock. Oh, my God. 30 other teams did the same thing. 29 others, only 30 teams total. They just didn't talk about it. Why do you think for one minute last year, can, can, we, can we go back, Coca, to the Miami Marlins? Do you remember when the Miami Marlins had a COVID outbreak and they had four days to sign people from the California Penal League, the Independent League, the waiver wire? They were making trades. Not one of their top prospects was called up and no one said boo. Why did no one say boo? Because the Marlins acted responsibly and correctly. You do not bring up a player before he is ready, and you do not bring up a player before you need to bring up that player. And last year, if you get brought up, you're getting extra service time because while it's only a 60-game season, each day of the season counted like three days. And the Marlins had the issue in the beginning of their season. If you bring up a player, you are putting them on your roster before you have to. You are starting their service time clock before you have to. But Kevin Mathers said, hey, listen, I got to tell you, we had no inkling, no thought that we were going to bring up our best prospects. And what's amazing is that that's the focus of the players. 
My focus from the beginning has been what he said and his misogynistic behavior from 2018, the sexual harassment in the workplace, and the fact that he came out and basically said something that was so anti-foreign language that it just defies logic, given the makeup of the team, especially in Seattle. The service time manipulation, the service time manipulation, yet every player is hooked on it. Even Aaron Boone, who I love, one of the funniest players I ever had as Marlon, literally could imitate anybody. Good player. Good person. Good manager. He better win in New York this year. This could be his last year, by the way. That's not a throwaway. That's not a way to see. I'm just saying he's a good guy. But you got to perform. Aaron Boone came out and said, of course, we got to have our best players. And we're glad the Yankees, we don't do that. Aaron, really? You sure? Okay. Hey, who's doing our pick of the day? Anybody? We had the Blazers. Here's another example of something that interests me. During the time of the show, we had the Blazers plus eight against the Nuggets. By the time the game started, the Blazers were only plus six. People were obviously betting the Blazers, saying the Nuggets were giving too many, so the line went down. So I texted Coke. I said, game's about to start. We're getting ready to watch because that's what we do, okay? <laughs> Not. He said, no, the line is the time of the show. And I said, it's a good thing you're being consistent because when I tell you about a game and then the line moves because half the players don't play, I get totally screwed even though we won that game. So the Blazers end up getting eight because you, you obviously placed the bet when we did the pick. And guess what? The Nuggets won by five. So they not only did not cover the six-point spread, they didn't cover the eight-point spread. Guess what? We got a three-pointer from Carmelo Anthony. Not sort of a backdoor cover, but sort of like a backdoor cover, but exactly what we thought was going to happen. We are now 24-18. and 18. We are rolling. Let's keep it going. Big game. Did you see the NBA All-Star Reserves were named? Miami People in Miami despondent. No Jimmy Butler. No Bam Adebayo. Everyone is upset when their team doesn't have all-star players named everybody except the front offices. Zach Levine or Levine from the Chicago Bulls was named a reserve. Good player. The Bulls are taking on the Timberwolves tonight. The Bulls, for whatever reason, are only giving four and a half points to the T-Wolves. The T-Wolves got rocked last night. They've got a new coach. Guess what? Same result. That line's wrong. Take the Bulls. Give the four and a half. Let's try to go to seven games over. And if you're doing this for actual scratch, hell yeah, it's just business. If the Timberwolves win the game, I'm so sorry. It was nothing personal. 